Welcome to the closed session, how to get paid in Silicon Valley, with your host, Tom Chavez and Vivek Vidya. Welcome to this special edition of the closed session from New Orleans. I'm Tom Chavez. And I'm Vivek Vidya. Vivek, here we are in New Orleans. Why are we here? What's going on? We are here for the second edition of Super Summit, which is our annual event that we host for all of the techies, engineers, product people, sales engineers, whoever wants to attend, really. It's sort of like Techie Palooza. It's Techie Palooza. For engineers who work at SuperZed companies. That's right. That's right. There's laughing, there's dancing. Drinking. There's drinking. Yes. And Ideally, a little bit of learning in comparison of notes. Yeah, a little bit. Just a tiny, tiny bit of learning. Yeah. We try to really prioritize the drinking and the eating and the... Right? Yeah. Okay. First what things was, first. Today was the first day. Hmm? What was the most interesting part for you? Well, I don't want you to get a, get a big head, but your interview with Brian Christian. Mm. You know, I, I got a huge man crush on Brian Christian, the mm. author of The Alignment Problem. Mm. Very insightful discussion there with him about uh, machines and how we get them to behave and do what we human beings want them to. Yeah. The, m- one of the more insightful parts of the conversation for me was this notion that going forward, we're going to rate, we're going to have rate labelers. Yeah. Because right. this whole movement around uh, reinforcement learning with human feedback is going to foster this era of, of people who are going to just sit and label. And in the spirit of multi-layer neural networks, here's my big idea. Can I drop it on you? Please. I want to have raiders of the raiders. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What happens when you keep doing that, Tom? And then, and then we're going to have raiders of the raiders of the raiders mm. of the first order labelers. E-raiders. Go ponder that for a little bit. Uh, yeah. Okay, so speaking of machines and human beings cooperating, getting along, we're excited to have this special edition uh, with two of our co-founders from a, a hot, hot company at Superset that we're really excited about called Boombox. Max Mathieu, say hi. Hi, my name is Max. Max, how did I do on the pronunciation of your last name? Pretty good, actually. I kind of nailed it, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. You can Max, say he, didn't, he did a shitty job. It's okay. Why do you have to get like that? <laughs> It's Damn okay. it! I really no, nailed it, Max. But no, he's he's French. Correct. And I and I, the, I, one one more time. Do you, do you want me to say it? Yeah, you say it now. Okay. So my real first name is Maxence, and my full name is Maxence Mathieu. It's Maxence Mathieu. It sounds better when he you says butchered it. it. I his did is, not. His is way better. Well, of course, it's It's kind of like the whole world in the U.S. trying to say my name. Can we do this real fast? So I worked with Vivek for like twenty plus years. And then some, there was a woman named Jen who was walking around in our last company, and she would stop and say, well, I don't know about that. I'm going to have to talk to Vivek. And she would do this little thing with an E on the Vivek. And I'm like, why is she carrying on like that? It's Vivek. And then I come to find out, I've been saying his name wrong for 20 plus years. You think you know somebody. You think you would tell me, hey, man, you're saying my name wrong. Doesn't say a word. As I said earlier, I'm a very accommodating person. We digress. And alongside Max Mathieu, we have India Lossman. Your name is much easier to pronounce. Absolutely. Thank, big ups to mom and dad. <laughs> yes. India Lossman. Like I, I, any, uh, it's a family name. English is my second language, and I can say that name. I can nail that name. Oh, we're going with that now. English is your second well, language. It's, you know, it's uh, sort of an in-betweener. Hmm. Yeah. Is English really your first language? My first language? Yeah. No. What is your first language? That's a great question. Is it Gujarati? No. Boom. Who just dropped that? Gujarati? No. Bengali? No. Hindi? Uh, kinda. I wish you'd make up your mind. 
Okay, we're really digressing in this episode. We got to focus, is, focus, yes, focus. Yes, let's focus. I worked boom with somebody. Boombox, back, back. You're back now. Boombox, boom Max, India. Okay, so Boombox. Let me let me set this up. Boombox is a company that has been on the crock in the crockpot on slow for about 25 years. As some of you know, I used to keep it low, and now I'm just out there with it. I really like music, and I don't apologize for it. I've been playing music my whole life. Uh, once upon a time, I was going to be a huge rock star. Max India, I don't know if you knew that, but I was all around LA peddling my demos, and uh, let's just say I didn't get a record label, uh, get a record deal. But I kept on playing music, and I've been fortunate to work with a lot of great musicians over the years. I love playing, recording, producing music. I've spent a lot of time in studios. So, and, and there have been two or three attempts to create a music internet company, none of whom worked. Actually, Vivek was a part of uh, at least a couple of those, right? We actually raised money for mm. a couple of those, mm. sent the money back because we couldn't crack the code. We just couldn't figure it out. However, 25 years later, Boombox takes root because we finally think we figured it out. So Boombox is a collaboration platform for the remote modern musician. We borrow some of the same patterns from software that have worked so well. So and that, this was the Apple bonking me on the head kind of moment where one night I'm in the studio, we were spending 25 minutes hunting through Dropbox files trying to find, wait, did that one have the drums? Where do we put the guitars? I can't remember. Remember the thing with the thing? And it just dawned on me like, God, this is stupid. We're spending so much time just hunting and pecking through, through Dropbox. Wouldn't it, and then I come to work the next morning, and of course, engineers are showing up on a system called GitHub. I just did that in the studio with scare quotes. GitHub, which is the system that all engineers use to track and manage what they're doing. And everybody knows, I'm on first, you're on second, here's what we're doing, I'm gonna roll back. I'm gonna... So that was the germ of an idea. I dwell on that for a minute because the prior conceptions of things that we tried to do in music were a little more grand. Mm. And this is a superset theme. Sometimes the boring but bountiful thing hiding in plain sight that a lot of people have overlooked has legs, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, the thing that kind of struck me about Boombox, we used to call it Bananarama. Uh, the first name was Bananarama. As Banana with all superset companies, you yeah. have to change the name at least three times. That's right, that's right. Was that the same problems that engineers struggled with in terms of collaborating with each other to produce software, musicians had the exact same problem. They would uh, exchange notes uh, on, using text messages, emails, uh, share files using Dropbox, and then uh, there, was no, there was no annotation anywhere. There was no uh, record of what, ch what had changed. And uh, collaboration was practically non-existent or primitive. So to add to that, right, so what I would do with my musician friends when we're working on a track is we'll have these long inscrutable text streams or emails where we say things like, you know, at minute 27, drop the snare, bring in the bass. Hey, at two minutes, 13 seconds, the piano's a little too crunchy, can you tone it down? And it's just, it's just like this sea of gibberish, right? And, there's, and that's the way musicians do what they do. Now, again, simple, but what would the world look like if we had a system wherein everybody could just show up with their stuff, see it, do it, collaborate, and that brings us to the premise of, of Boombox here. India and Max, I, the other thing I want to say is that we have a magical team of people who are all around music, right? Everybody is passionate about music in some way. Some people, we have several engineers who are professional performers, producers, songwriters, 
Um, I want to set you up a little bit here, India, your entree into Boombox. How did you get here? And tell us a little bit about your connection to, to music, because it's, uh, it's turned out to be really fundamental for the company now in our early paces. Yeah, absolutely. I had the good fortune of knowing Max, and he called me in, and I met all of you guys, and I was like, this is my dream. I get to work in the music industry. I get to work with artists, and it's in my family. Both my brother and sister are musicians. Uh, my sister's professional. Uh, my brother kind of had to go back to his day job, but I'm really passionate As about many of us do. Yes. Yes. Well, Tom, we're happy, happened to me. We're, we're happy that it didn't work out for you or we wouldn't be here now. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a passion project. Like I get up every day and I'm, wow, so driven by what the creativity of talking to artists and them following their passion. It's amazing and motivating. And I can't believe we get to help them it's in that creative work. process. It's God's work. And, you know, it's, it's also which you forget to mention, so I'll mention it for you, is that India is a very established, super seasoned product manager. So what does the world look like when you bring sophisticated world-class product management to the build up, to the build out of an artist creator project like, like Boombox? Max, how about you? Well, <clears throat> I've been playing music uh, in and out. Like actually, many people don't know, when I was in college, I was in a band. Uh, I mostly play piano, so hidden, you know, kind of in the back. And um, at some point I was like, you know, we're playing in bars and whatnot in France. And someone was like, that's what I want to do. I want to play. I like that energy and everything. And I started considering dropping out of college and do that. Well, well, no, I didn't. Uh, and I'm glad I didn't because I don't think I was that good of a musician. Um, but at, around that time, I started to write songs and I have plenty of them stored in a hard drive that we'll never see the light or maybe one day on Boombox. You just don't know. Uh, and, uh, and so this is like, I have this passion for music, uh, uh, a personal passion. Like when I play piano, it's, you know, almost transcendental. Like I'm, it's my space, like, you know, and, and I, I need that in my life. Um, and so uh, software engineering, well, I've been doing this forever. Uh, as, as far as I can remember, I saw it very early. Uh, earlier than piano, actually. And so um, when I had the opportunity to leave Google, uh, I was a bit miserable uh, because it was too big of a company. And uh, like I had the opportunity to join you guys to start Boombox. I was like, at the time it was Boom Jam, right? We'd say Bananarama, but I and right, also another one. Bananarama, and then it was Boom Jam, Boom. and now Boombox. And now Boombox. Our final resting place. Yeah, I think we find a good yeah. one now. It's a good name. Yeah, and uh, and so when you guys reach out, like, yeah, no, I'm 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 all for it. This is exactly what I need. Okay, so so there are a lot of people who are passionate about music. I have a lot of friends, obviously, who are serious about their music, and then I have some other friends who are who don't quite understand why are you so manic about your music. But there's a lot of us out there, and in different levels and gradations, right? We all, music is primal. By the way, they've, the studies indicate now that we were playing music, we were beating on drums before we could talk. So music is really primal. It's a very fundamental human experience. So, so many of us have this connection to music. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna out one more person who was also playing in bands in college. And, oh, wait a minute, he happens to be right here with us. People don't know, Vivek, <laughs> how many, you were, you were rocking it out in college, right? I was trying to, I was trying to, not, not, it was just a hobby. I, All right, so my, this my is where My music accomplishments are best left in the shower. And brought to the karaoke club. And yes, I'll Because I've been that. there. 
karaoke, yes. And it's yes. impressive. Yes. All right. I don't know whether the... Don't singing... sell yourself short like that, dude. Okay. And what's our karaoke song? We've done it once or twice. I mean, we have a couple, but Vivek is a hard rock guy. Van Halen, I think we do a really great rendition we of do. Ain't Talking About Love. Ain't Talking About Love. Right? My it's love is right to the core. What's the rest of that lyric? Ain't talking about love. Love is right to the core. There it is. That just happened. Ain't talking about love. Keep going. Just like I told you before. 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 You know I've been at the edge. Those are good lyrics. And then I stood and looked down. You know, I lost a lot of friends there, baby. Got no time to mess around. That is one of the greatest rock songs. Okay. Van Halen actually has some really good lyrics. We are digressing we like crazy do. people. That's but okay. New Orleans has this weird effect. Yeah. There's a lot of digression. Yeah. India, Max, you got to bring us back. Help. We're stuck. <laughs> it's, Max it's, and India are like, why did we agree Max, to this? Max and India are sitting here like, what, what is, why did we do this? No, yeah. I was just watching The Power of Music. As you went through those lyrics, and it right. was really powerful for you guys. Yeah. So, so and, and back to God's work here, because, look, uh, when we were establishing the business plan for Boombox, I found it illuminating. When we put the numbers to it, 51% of all artists on Spotify have fewer than 500 streams. Now, to put up a song on Spotify is not easy. Right. So if you have fewer than 500 streams, you're spending many thousands of dollars to get maybe, I don't know, 21 cents, whatever that amounts to. It's less than 21 cents. It's half a, half, less than half a penny per stream. Right. So the point here is that music is primal. So many of us do it not because we should or because our mamas want us to. It's because we must. Right. And that is the grand idea that, that inspires us here at Boombox is to create a platform that allows people to express themselves, to create their art, to get it out into the world. Listen, if, if Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez show up a little bit later, because we don't want them right now, but if they showed up a little bit later on Boombox and started to do their thing, and they will, that's fine. But what we're talking about here is the long tail of, of, of people like us who love music, we do it because we must. And it's fascinating if you spend time in studios. I've also said digital signal processing that goes into what are called DAWs, digital audio workstations like Ableton, Pro, Pro Tools, and so on, it is the seventh technical wonder of the world, right? What they've built into those technology systems is amazing. The next layer, the software layer, wherein we're just trying to do boring things like organize our files, collaborate, compare notes, connect with other musicians who might want to do the thing that, we, that we're interested in. It's, it's astonishing that nothing is out there yet, right? So that's the big prize for us to, to win over here at, Boom, at Boombox. I wanted to get your perspective for a minute on the team. So we've recruited a pretty interesting team. All of the Superset teams are remarkable in their way. Max, I'm going to put you, tell us a little bit about this incredible team that we've assembled here at Boombox. How did that happen? Why, and obviously there's always a little bit of luck, but there's also some chemistry and something intentional going on over here. How are we recruiting this amazing team to Boombox? Yeah, I think the premise of us working in the music space, uh, you know, attracts people that are interested. Uh, you know, there are other tech companies that don't have that sexy uh, uh, of, a, of a product space. Um, it's actually interesting because um, I think I interviewed around like 120 candidates 
uh, over the last year and a half. And by the end, some of them were like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about music I play. And like, yeah, like the 119 before you. Like it's <laughs> the, right. almost, I feel like a lot of engineers, you know, they have that craving for building, right? Uh, uh, they, they, and create, playing music, creating music, or creating software, um, like I know uh, one person in your team also does uh, woodworking, right? You have the thing of like, there's nothing before and there's something after, right? They really enjoy that creative process. And so I think there's a correlation there between engineers and, 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 and musicians. Um, I really want to amplify that for a minute because I think a lot of people look at engineers and say, well, they're just, you know, these kind of geeky guys who, and, and, and ladies who code and do math. And they forget how, how creative engineering is, right? There's this kind of very beautiful braid between the creativity that goes into engineering and the creativity that goes into music. Right. I mean, you get your best ideas in the shower or in the middle of the night, right? Like, it's, it's a lot about connecting the dots. Uh, if, like, coding, actually, is just a small portion of it. Uh, it's just how you execute it. The same way, like, once you know the chords or the lyrics you have, you still have to sing them. But the singing may not be the hard part, right? right. Mm -hmm. and, and so that, that part of, like, connecting, like, oh, wait, I should have done it this way. And two weeks later, oh, wait, I have an even better idea. This is very creative because you need all your experience put together, uh, and sometimes with other people's experience. This is where Boombox being a collaborative platform, a bit like GitHub is, uh, really allows, we hope, going to allow even more people to find new ideas, get more inspired by, by other people, and, and build even better music. So India, you mentioned your sister is in, is in music, and she's a very successful Spotify artist uh, who, with over a million followers, it's a remarkable thing. Now. I was wondering if you could give us a little perspective because we've been fortunate to get the benefit of her insights as we build the company. What, what are musicians looking for? What do they need? What are the urgent bread and water problems? There's nothing better than like getting on the horn with a customer and I ask them, like, how did you find us? They'll say an ad or they'll say they were shopping and they just really value what we bring to the table. They're like, everything's in one place. I upload my files, I leave timestamp comments for my, my people I'm working with. They are completely across the country. Everything's there. We talk back and forth. We make progress. It's listed and efficient and there forever. No one's confused. We're all on the same page. That keep it simple, this is what people need, like they value it. Mm -hmm. It's great to get on the horn. And uh, a lot of the customers, they'll tell you, what do I need next? Help me find more collaborators that I don't know. Mm -hmm. So why, why don't, it's a rhetorical question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Why don't more musical creators just get on LinkedIn? That's where a lot of people mm. go to connect professionally. Vivek, what's your view? Well, I, I think not a lot of musicians are on LinkedIn. That's why they don't go there. And why not, though? Well, I think LinkedIn, if you, if you think about the origins of LinkedIn, right, it was meant to be a business network. I don't think LinkedIn even considered themselves a social network when they started. Mm. It it became a social network or it's being put under the bucket of social media now, right. but it was a business professional network, right? And uh, the whole interface is all geared towards essentially your resume. Where did you work? Where did you go to school, et cetera, et cetera. It was not geared towards musicians building a profile. So we can think of, you know, one way to think of Boombox is a verticalized 
LinkedIn for yeah. musicians. I'm going to add to that. So I do have a persona on Spotify. You will not know who that is. Okay. We're not going to blast, put it on blast. The last thing I want is to have my musical explorations and my musical persona manifest in my professional self. Like I think there's this weird kind of psychosocial thing where musicians just will look at LinkedIn and say, yeah, it's very businessy, but kind of douchey. Like no musician wants to really put their, put their musical art. It's so personal, right? And putting it on blast uh, in, in a professional setting it's, it's just, it feels really unnatural. And that's what creates the opportunity for Boombox, right? Yeah. Because we have these different persona. Musicians, by the way, a lot of them, many of, the, of our pioneers, as we call them, have alternate egos, alternate personalities. That's part of the joy of it, yep. right? Do you guys know the Spotify persona? No. We should, we should actually have a hackathon. <laughs> we have to figure it out. And yes. at Boombox <laughs> to figure out Tom's Boom, uh, Spotify persona. Good luck with that. Well, we totally have, have you tried asking ChatGPT? <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it. Tom has challenged us. Put a thumbtack in that. We're coming back. Tom has just challenged us. Well, you know what's interesting, too? We asked our pioneers, we asked our customers, what would you actually put into a profile? Mm. That's the other thing about LinkedIn. It's okay. not geared towards them. It's mm. not the things you would want to put out into the universe. Say more. Like, hey, I want to have sample tracks that people can listen mm. to. That's how people want to connect and know this is an artist that I would want to work with. So we're asking them, what do you want to put out there for people to find you? Right. LinkedIn isn't doing that, right? By the way. Yeah. And all the professional pedigree stuff that people do on LinkedIn, in a music, like in a musical context, well, I studied with so-and-so in Berkeley School. Nobody, Nobody cares. cares. Right. <laughs> That's, again, it's... it's uh, it's what creates this awesome opportunity for us to, as we like to say, first collaborate, then connect. And connection comes with collaboration, finding new people, birds of a feather who love what you do or have interest in the genre that, that you participate in. Finding those collaborators is a big, huge opportunity. And then ultimately, not this year, but soon, earn uh, money from your, from your musical explorations, right? So let's talk a little bit about, I said we're going to come back to ChatGPT. Max, you dropped it. Yes, yeah, You mentioned it. <laughs> okay, so here's what happens in company building. And this was such a beautiful moment. This thing, ChatGPT was announced November 2022. And we're sitting here with a very clear, crisp product strategy that we've laid out for ourselves and that India is masterfully blueprinting for the entire company. ChatGPT happens, and my initial, I'm going to come clean, my initial reaction was, yeah, that's adorable, but not really relevant to what we're doing. And by the way, artificial intelligence for music, as I like to say, the, the, the tech bros who drink Soylent will love computer-generated music, <laughs> right? Because it's algorithmic <laughs> and it's weird, and nobody with good taste or sensibility is going to listen to this stuff oh, today. I have to qualify because the machines are coming fast and mm, there might be something interesting. In, in, in a it's, it's a good thing you qualified it yeah, because yeah, yeah. six months later, you're gonna have to eat, you would have had to eat crow if you hadn't qualified right. it, I think. As Prince, as Prince Humperdinck in Princess Bride said, unless I'm wrong, and I'm never wrong. <laughs> Remember that movie? I do. Uh, no, I'm, I'm totally wrong about all of this stuff all the time, and the especially the speed at which it's happening, mm, right? Yeah. It's remarkable. So within a couple of years, I don't, you know, all bets are off. But today, and, I, and we're back to how primal music is, right? It's something personal. 
I think we'll be fascinated by the music machines generate. But there is still something important about having humans out at the center and in front. So when the Gen AI happens, we're sitting around in one of our staff meetings and saying, hmm, is this relevant to us? I'm confessing that my initial reaction was no. And then we start to take it in further and we realize, oh, wait a minute, no, this is an opportunity for us. And as we frequently do in early stage company building, we course correct. So I, like a caveman, point and grunt, and I say, oh my gosh, we got you know, I don't know what it is, but we, there's some opportunity now for us to put the machines to work and to create new tooling that elevates and empowers musicians, right? Again, with the musician out front and at the center, but with machines now generating ideas, enriching the experience. So Max, take us to, you know, what happened here? Because, and it's shocking, it's astonishing what <laughs> Boombox has created literally within weeks, from dirt to dinner, from like blank whiteboard to live software. Take us. And it's in production now. It's in production. We it's, just announced, yeah. we just released these features this On week. On Monday, yep. Holy guacamole. Yeah, those were intense, I think six weeks total from mid, like late March to, to now. Uh, the, um, I think we quickly realized, right, that a lot of that generative AI actually centered around a user entering prompts. Right? It's not just, oh, the machine is generating stuff from thin air, right? There's someone telling it what to do. Uh, and so um, uh, back to building a team full of musicians that not only have the empathy and the knowledge of the industry and the empathy for customers, uh, they also have you know, the background. We were able to put a team together, a team of three engineers that all have a background in music theory. I don't know how many people can claim they can do this in their company. Right. And so we were able to have the three of them um, and we're like, hey, we want something that is not gimmicky, something that is useful for musicians like you guys, something that makes sense because you know what makes sense, uh, something that's in integrated. And by the way, you have four weeks because we want to do something, a first step quickly. Um, and can, we, so can we freeze frame that? Because that's some, that's some company building shit right there. Right. Yeah. Right. Four weeks, that's, that's insane, the, this, and yet it happens. This, yeah, this was insane, and, and the way we actually framed it one step further, we say one week of R&D, come up with ideas, try to do some proof of concept, something a bit, a bit like a one week hackathon, hackathon yeah. you know, all expenses paid. And, uh, <laughs> and then uh, after this week, we sat down with India and the team, and we kind of like saw what they came up with, uh, and a lot of that was there, like what we actually built the following three weeks was a lot of refinement, hardening, yeah. and stuff that we haven't thought about, but as we were seeing it happening, we started to iterate and have even more ideas. And so within the next three weeks of April, essentially, uh, the team put it together. So the same team, we didn't ask more engineers to write code, and, uh, and we had the deadline. We're like, by May 1st, we want to be able to record a demo, we want something, so the team, came together with the idea of generating MIDI files that could be reused in the DAWs. Like, all this came together very quickly. That Slack channel was on <laughs> fire. Yeah. Like, nonstop feedback, screenshots. Here's the instance, like, everybody was, you know, like, so intense about it. Uh, and um, been more hardening over the last two weeks, and we released it on Monday to production. So we got to, let, let's unpack a couple of the key things here, because in fact, I remember now in one of our meetings, 
just to baseline things. Vivek, you, you went to ChatGPT. And so what the dream was, you talked to what we call the Boombot. That's the alien, that's the AI at Boombox. Uh, I wish I'd come up with Boombot, but I didn't. I love it. Okay, so the, you talk to the Boombot <laughs> and you say, I want a U2 style anthem with a melancholic verse and a big lift into a chorus with a pulsating four on the floor kind of motif. You can say something like that to the Boombot. Now, if you go to ChatGPT, it will give you a very dry set of chord changes and give you a thumbs up and, and a good luck. Now, if you're a working musician, that's adorable, but completely not useful, right? I mean, you cannot even do this, right, with GPT, right? Like, the, the way we've built it, you can just say what you want to write about and give some style, you know, direction. You don't have to learn prompt engineering. Good, good. so I'm backing it up now. So, so first there's the in-processing to like, I'm, I'm, a create, I'm a creator, I'm not a coder. I just have this ill-formed feeling in my head that I want to express. Which, and you don't need to know anything about the prompt engineering because we've engineered all of it, right? Right, I don't need to know anything about it. <laughs> I just need to express these feelings and this vibe that I have. That's huge. Mm -hmm. But now let's talk a little bit about on the back end because core changes, dry core changes written out in text. Look, most modern musicians, and it's, I mean, the, most of the top, you know, the Billboard top 40 players can't tell you what key anything is in. They just have this incredible sensibility. They're natural born songwriters. They feel these motifs, right? So they're not, they're not theoreticians, right? So what they do spend a lot of time doing is this incredible engineering of sound in these digital audio workstations we talked about, right? So the ability now, there's this thing called MIDI. Let's talk about MIDI and what we do on the back end now. So you're getting the output of what we built and you're translating it, because this is, I think, the atom splitting moment where we've really broken through and have, I think, created a very interesting moat for ourselves at Boombox. Let's say a little bit more about what's going on on the back end as we're taking these ideas and transporting them to MIDI? Sure, I think at a high level, right, like GP, chat GPT or the API, whatever you want to call it, uh, it's very text-based, so it's not gonna tell you all the details. So we say, okay, well, give us the chord progressions, we'll, we'll take it from there. Because when, every time we try to poke further to get the notes or inversions or whatnot, this was not working. So we had to layer on top of the response from GPT, like, oh, this is a chord, this is a key, those are the notes we want to have. And instead of just like spinning it out and like, well, those are the notes you can play, we actually generate a MIDI file. That MIDI file, so a MIDI file is not, an, for people that don't know, it's not an audio file that you can play directly. It's a description of where that note comes in, that note stops, like it's, it's, it's not a playable file per se. You need virtual instruments right. to actually play it. Can we do a quick sidebar on MIDI for our listeners? So, okay, before we do that, yeah. the, the fascinating thing about this conversation, right? Like if you think about generative AI and open AI, chat GPT, et cetera, most of the people, most of the people focus on the input part. And you mentioned prompt engineering, right? The, all the research, innovation, et cetera, has been how do you send the right set of prompts? How do you provide the right kind of context to open AI, to give you to back the output you want? The fascinating thing about this is not only do we have to be clever in the prompt engineering aspect of things, we also have to innovate and process the output that is produced by ChatGPT. So it's, it's both, the mode exists on both ends, right. the input and output. 
right? That's, that's why I find that fascinating. Yes, it's it's like it, it's very interesting because it's far from perfect, right? Yeah. People, you know, you play with it. It's you know, we had the discussion recently. Is it a toy or is it a tool? And yeah. it's kind of a toy, yeah. right? And to make it a tool, as you say, we have to package it at the you know at the input side and also repackage it at the output, and you have to build upon it. Uh, and and that yeah, that's been very interesting to iterate on that and get it to where we're at now. And a quick sidebar on MIDI, because it deserves some props. If you think about other places, so when I first got into music, right, and I was doing a lot of computer science and math and stuff at the time, because musicians are communal by nature, in, I don't know, the 80s, when electronic music and digital signal processing first took root, they said, wait a minute, we... I don't want to have a Tower of Babel where your system and your, and your, your uh, device can't talk to my device. So they just went, I don't know how it happened, actually, we should go and study, but they went to a place and they wrote out a musical interface digital standard, MIDI musical yeah. interface digital, da da da, something like that, right? I know there's an interface in there. And they just, and it's this magical thing wherein it's this highly compact way of capturing the, the electronic signals that express a piece of music such that your system, your Moog synthesizer, if, if, you, if you get MIDI, I can put it into this DAW and whatever digital audio workstation I'm working with can read that device, that, that MIDI, and we're off to the races, right? The parallel world we don't think about is one wherein you have all of these systems and they can't talk to each other. And as frequently happened in software and other places, you have a whole industry of adapters and connectors and all the other nonsense. So no, MIDI is magic, is the point. It is. Right? It's and the lingua franca. If it didn't exist today, some company would invent it and patent it, right? Yeah, like, right. I'm, I'm glad right. this is out there and that we can, you know, it's so pervasive now. So translating the outputs here to MIDI, it, and we should put this on a, you know, on, we'll have it on a demo on boombox.io soon, I'm sure. But it's magic when you see the expression of these ideas in language, right? Now translated into MIDI and remote modern musicians are off to the races. We can write our own Van Halen song. We got, we, <laughs> right? Yes. There has to be a theme song. <laughs> Let's get Just on. saying. Hey, so as we close out over here, India, what's the most surprising uh, thing that's happened? Because you came from, as I mentioned, a professional product management background. This is a very con controversial, maybe contrarian thing you've done, joining this crazy band of you know, five people, right? Whatever it was, five or six people to jump on board. And oh my goodness, you're, you're crushing it. You're doing it well. But I'm curious, like, what, what's been the most surprising, unexpected part of the journey so far for you? Um, I think I was uh, afraid of going to a startup. And I realized about myself, like, oh, I like coloring outside the lines. Hmm. I like making the rules. I like building up the team. And I think that was all surprising, but it's the right place for me. Boombox, servicing musicians. Like, it's like the stars aligned. Hmm. But the surprising part was just how, how fun it is, how rewarding it is. You really, I mean... You're doing an amazing job, and it shows like the the passion and the joy you, do, you the passion for the job you have and the joy you get from it is just evident every single day. It was evident at the panel today that you were uh, moderating as well. So can I also uh, we're going to do this? So uh, Vivek and I interview a lot of people to join these companies, and we do have a set of questions that we like to ask people. I remember 
and I don't want to say the question because now if I say it on the mic, then everyone's going to come and be expecting it. But there's one particular question that is very important to me in the back, and we ask it. And just to your point just now, you have to, you, this is the problem with the podcast because you can't see us, but India's eyes go wide and, and it just, it's just yes. beaming joy, right? And enthusiasm for everything that we're doing. And it's infectious because that really goes a long distance towards explaining why this little team is, is doing the remarkable things that they're doing. Max, why, why did you, so you're, you're an ex-Google guy. Correct. And and then joining, a, I mean, that was also a controversial, weird thing. Why'd you do that? What's the matter with you? I think it was controversial for them. Um, <laughs> more than it was for me. Uh, How could uh, you leave? Like, it, yeah, some people are like, we're like why? Do you have kids? Why do, why do you leave Google? Like, and like, because I have kids and I want them to see me happy. Uh, I've always worked in small companies and and Google was, uh, I can say like easily now, like Google was for me a way to not have to pay for an MBA and have a good resume in the US. Because when I moved here, I didn't have that. It was hard to find anything remotely equivalent to what I used to do uh, back in France. And so... um, when I had the opportunity to go there, like, well, at least I have been, you know, good salary for a while, and and I have that on my resume. And nobody's gonna ask me, oh, so what were you doing before? I can put X Google on my LinkedIn profile if I want oh. to. Uh, and so, um, so it was for them. It was a, so the one that the people who worked with me uh, understood. They knew like can't stay at Google, this is not for you. Uh, they, they, they knew all my frustrations, um, but, um, but you know, for my parents, it was weird because they were so happy to see me at Google, and like, yeah. you don't realize this is not for me. <clears throat> uh, but it was, no, for me it was like a no-brainer. Uh, and, and, um, but yeah, it was, again, more controversial for them. Well, shout out to Google, because you learned some things. I did, I did. All right then, it all works out. Yeah. Such a pleasure to have you two with us today. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. This is a fun Thank you, India. Thank you, Max. Thanks for Thank having you. us. Tom, we normally do this in the middle of the show, oh. but you never did your unpaid for promotion. We have a totally unpaid for promotion. We have put it at the beginning and the end once or twice. Okay. So let's, let's, get, a, let's get a shout out to our sponsor. Which is? Which is New Orleans Cuisine. We are here in New Orleans. New Orleans Cuisine is our sponsor. Is our sponsor. How much fried chicken have you had since I you came here? I mean, I've, I've, I've been here about 36 hours, and by my best estimate, I've inhaled about 4.9 pounds of fried oysters, fried chicken. Well, there you go. Good for and you. And fried crawfish. There you go. That, that's, why, that's why at lunch I saw you having right. oatmeal. Right. <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie to you. I am crying out for a carrot now. Yeah. A vegetable or two would be just fine. <laughs> raw vegetable, not boiled. A raw vegetable. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. But while, while we're here, you know, just do it the New Orleans way and just, just put as many fried crawfish yeah. in your belly as you can. Well, that's a good way to end the podcast. On that note. Yeah. Let me, let me do, Ma, Maxence Mathieu. How yeah, did I do? That was really good. That was really good, was right? Really good. Maxence Mathieu. It's a pleasure to have you. India Lasman, thank you for being with us. Thank, thank you. you, guys. Thank you all. Thank you.